Hi, this is Sukrit from NewsLaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Tuesday, the 14th of November. A key advisor in Adani Green Energy, Janardhan Chaudhary, has been appointed to a Central Government Expert Appraisal Committee, or EAC, the Indian Express reported today. These committees decide on major infrastructure projects that require prior government approval. The EAC of which Chaudhary is a member acts under the Environment Ministry. On the 27th of September, Janardhan Chaudhary was named as a non-institutional member of an EAC dealing with hydroelectricity and river valley projects. In other words, Chaudhary is a member of an EAC that approves hydropower projects, including those involving Adani Group companies. In response to the news, opposition parties condemned the Modi government for Chaudhary's appointment. In a post on X, the Kerala Congress alleged that Chaudhary was an Adani employee. They also pointed out that the EAC which Chaudhary has joined is set to review six Adani projects for approval. The Congress alleged that Adani's 1,500-megawatt plant in Satara was approved by the EAC after Chaudhary's appointment. Rajya Sabha MP and Shiv Sena UBT leader Priyanka Chaturvedi also pointed out the pending and approved projects by the committee. TMC MP Mahua Moetra also highlighted the conflict of interest in Chaudhary's appointment. Folks, Recently, the Gujarat police served notices to two Financial Times journalists for their report about Adani's hidden investors. My colleague Sumeda Mittal has made a deep dive into the FIR and the government action that's a clear violation of press freedom. Read her report titled, No Jurisdiction, a Dubious Complainant, Why Financial Times Journalists Move Supreme Court Against Police Notices. We are able to bring you our reports and interviews only because you've got our back. Head on to newslaundry.com slash election fund and pick a contribution amount of your choice. We're stronger together and we're even stronger with you. India's External Affairs Minister S.J. Shankar met with his newly appointed UK counterpart David Cameron in London. The primary subject of the meeting was a free trade agreement between the two countries. The leaders also discussed the ongoing Ukraine-Russia war and Israel-Hamas conflict. Cameron, who was UK's former Prime Minister, has been appointed as the Foreign Secretary by incumbent PM Rishi Sunak after a cabinet reshuffle on Monday. The reshuffle was due to Home Secretary Suela Braverman being relieved of her role by Sunak. The meeting between Cameron and Jay Shankar took place at the Westminster Central Hall near the Houses of Parliament. It was a part of a Diwali reception organised by the High Commission of India in London. Speaking on the free trade agreement, Jay Shankar said, and I quote, the India-UK relationship can actually contribute to making India and UK stronger factors in contemporary technology, in greater manufacturing, in science and innovation, and much more relevant ways of modernizing. It can also promote pluralism, democracy, respect for diversity in the world, because these are values and practices that we hold very dear. Unquote. India and the UK have been in talks over a free trade agreement, or FTA, since January last year. There have been 13 rounds of negotiations already, and the leaders of both countries are keen on finalising an agreement before both the countries go into elections in 2024. The FTA will enhance the bilateral trade partnership between India and the UK, which is currently estimated at £36 billion. Today, Congress leader Rahul Gandhi accused the BJP of toppling his party's government in Madhya Pradesh in 2020. While speaking at an election rally in MPs Vidisha, Rahul said that the BJP had purchased MLAs in 2020 to form its government. He also claimed that the Congress will win by a storm, securing 145 to 150 seats in the 17th November polls. He also claimed that the BJP had been running a 40% cut government in Madhya Pradesh before the last elections. Rahul said, and I quote, 
I told the Karnataka chief minister to return the money that was snatched by the BJP government from the pockets of the poor people in five years. I told him to return the money to the poor, which the BJP had given to the rich. Unquote. He also said that the Congress had won in Himachal Pradesh and Karnataka with love and not hatred. He pointed out that gas cylinders were priced at rupees 500 in Karnataka and Chhattisgarh under Congress-led governments. Meanwhile, Prime Minister Narendra Modi doubled down on attacking the Congress in two back-to-back -back rallies in MP. He said the Congress knows that its fake promises won't work in front of Modi's guarantees. The PM also spoke about the centre's proposed 24,000 crore worth welfare scheme for tribals in the country. Modi also expressed confidence that the BJP will retain power in the state. Dabur Group Chairman Mohit V. Burman and Director Gaurav V. Burman have been named in the FIR lodged in the Mahadev betting app case, media reports said today. Burmans are among 32 others named in the FIR. The Burman family denied the allegations and said in a statement that they had not received any formal communication from the police authorities. They said that they got the information about the FIR through social media. The statement said that Mohit and Gaurav Burman neither knew nor had ever met the people accused in the Mahadev betting app case. Their statement alleged that the FIR was a result of vested interest to block their acquisition of Relegare Enterprises. The Burman family is looking to increase its share in Relegare Enterprises. It had launched an open offer in compliance with market watchdog SEBI's takeover code. On the 10th of November, it had complained about an irregularity by Relegare's chairperson to the SEBI. Their statement said, and I quote, this FIR is nothing but a step provoked by vested interests in an attempt to block the acquisition of Relegare Enterprises Limited by Burman family. The Burman family remains shocked at these arm-twisting moves, which are grossly illegal. Nevertheless, we remain resolute that we will proceed with our acquisition of Relegare Enterprises as contemplated. Unquote. In war-torn Gaza, a mass grave is being dug for 170 bodies near the Al-Shifa Hospital, the BBC reported. The Al-Shifa hospital remains the site of intense gunfire by Israeli ground forces. While Israel denies that it is targeting hospitals, it continues to accuse Hamas of having an underground command centre below the Al-Shifa hospital. As per the few remaining ground reporters at the hospital, a mass grave is being dug in a small courtyard to accommodate 170 dead bodies. With Israeli tanks and snipers surrounding the hospital, even moving between the hospital buildings and burying the dead is reportedly a risk. The hospital officials are unable to deal with the Israeli forces directly and are calling for a third party to negotiate and secure fuel supply to keep up its operations. Meanwhile, in the West Bank, the head of a local hospital said that seven Palestinians were killed by Israeli defence forces in the Tulkarm refugee camp. The death toll in Gaza stands at around 11,200 now. According to the UN's estimates, 1.6 million people have been displaced since the escalated fighting between Israel and Hamas began on the 7th of October. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a good day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. News Laundry is possible because of our paying subscribers. We don't run on corporate or government ads. You too can be part of changing the news model. Go to newslaundry.com slash subscription. Be a part of the community that pays to keep news independent. For the smoothest news laundry experience, download our app, watch our shows, listen to our podcasts, read our reports, stay informed, pay for news, protect democracy, save the world.